Everybody loves a good spectacle. When there's a car accident on the side of the road, we slow down to see what we can see. More likely than not, this day and age, we don't see those things in person. We go online to watch epic fail videos or or things along those lines. We love going to sporting events. Such is our love for spectacles that in some cases, they've become an obsession to the detriment of society. And one author argues that at the end of the Roman Empire, there were more days for spectacles, carnivals, circuses, and games than there were for work. Sometimes we can get so caught up in that desire to be a part of a spectacle because the spectacle takes us out of the mundane parts of our life. It lifts us to something greater, even if it's for a fleeting moment. So we love the spectacle. But when we turn today to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we get something decidedly not a spectacle. Sure, in the Gospel of Matthew, we see a spectacle of sorts. There's an earthquake, the stone being rolled away, an angel descending from heaven. But Jesus is still not there in the Gospel of Matthew either. It is certainly something spectacular, something something unprecedented in human history that a man, by his own power, because he is God, would rise from the dead. That's spectacular. But the story that is presented to us is an anti-spectacle. We are confronted with not choirs of angels, not something really remarkable, but an empty tomb and burial cloths and mystery and silence. And when we encounter this, we need to stop and pause and ask Why is this the case? Because God, who Jesus is God, remember this, who knows the human heart, who created the human heart, who holds us in being with our love, who desires nothing more than to be in union with us, when he saves us from sin and death and opens the gates to eternal life for us, it is a mystery. It is unseen. It is unheard. And I want to say that there are three things that this can really challenge and force us to see. The first thing is this, is that God is not a magician. So often we can look at God, and especially our relationship with Christ, as someone who does great things for us. And that is the extent of our relationship. My relationship with God is only when I need something for him to give me that could be a miracle. For instance, here at St. Paul's, it's not uncommon for someone to come and say, Father, can you pray for me? I have a test tomorrow. Great, I'll pray for you. How has your studying been going? Well, I haven't. Okay. God might be willing that you get that D. Miracles happen. But this is how we look at God, right? When we need that extra thing. Right? If I were God, and I'm not, not even close, but if I were God, when I rose from the dead, I would come storming into town riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I would be with an with a army of centaurs behind me. I would do something incredible, something that everyone would notice. But God doesn't do that because he's not a magician. He is our lover, and we are his beloved. 
When he rises from the dead, he wants us to know not the great things that he can do for us, though he desires to do them for us, such as his love, but he wants us to know his love, his perfect love, his love that does not know any boundaries. He wants us to encounter him and to experience that great love that he has for us. He wants us to be totally transformed and renewed by that love. Not only does he want us to know him and to experience him, not as a magician, but as our father, as the one who loves us without bounds, but he also wants it to transform our life. If it's just about the thing that happened in that tomb where this great spectacle happened, We can look to God as a spectacle, right? Where we go to God and he lifts us out of our mundane lives to something great. But here's the irony of the spectacle. We know this in our lives, that if we seek after these things that take us out of our life, we have to return. We have to go back. You go to a game, you go to a movie, and as great or as wonderful as that is, it comes to an end. And we are faced with the reality of our lives. Will it pick us up from time to time? Sure. Will we tell tales about it? Absolutely. But what God offers in the resurrection is eternal life. Not something that momentarily takes us from where we are to where we desire to be, but something that lifts us up more and more in this life and in perfection in the life to come. God doesn't want just a spectacle in our life. He wants our lives to be spectacular, to have ultimate meaning and purpose, for everything to be an opportunity to be transformed in our own life and in the world around us. And lastly, why this anti-spectacle? God wants you. He wants you to choose. He doesn't want you because you think he does great things. He wants you because of who you are and what you offer the world. You are necessary. You are essential. And he desires you and he loves you, but he wants you to give what you have. He wants you to serve the church. He wants you to be alive in this world. He wants your gifts. He also wants your struggles but he wants you to follow after him. He wants and he comes and he has this, he rises from the dead in silence so that in your silence, you know that he loves you, that he's walking alongside you, that he has chosen you. All of this is for you. If the resurrection from the dead causes one person in this church to give his or her life more fully to Christ, then everything we do as a ministry is worth it for that one person. In fact, this is the gratuity of God's call to us. If all that happens is that one person in the history of the world is changed by the resurrection, all of it is worth it. But he wants you. Say yes to the Lord. St. Paul has this great line in that letter to the Colossians today. You have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Because of the resurrection, 
The old life has passed away, and a new life, a mysterious life, a spectacular life is before us in union with Christ, lived out in his church. But it's hidden and mysterious. People may not notice your life is hidden in God, but you will know, the world will know, and it will become a better place. Because in a life hidden with Christ in God, even our brokenness and sins can be the means by which we climb to heaven. Our, our, our difficulties, our, our, our worries, our struggles can be the means of renewal and redemption. The worst that the world has to throw at us, death on a cross, has been conquered. Even if nobody notices, when our life is hidden with Christ in God, it is a spectacular life. And so we are like St. Peter and all of the apostles, therefore able to see Jesus risen from the dead every time we serve the poor, every time we give of our hearts to someone in front of us, every time we pray, go to confession, come to Mass. It may not be something that draws oohs and ahs from the world around us, but neither did Jesus' resurrection from the dead when the moment it happened. But because of that, your yes in those seemingly insignificant moments changes the world, renews your heart, and makes all of us and the whole world a better place. It's not about the spectacle, but it's about that total gift of love, oftentimes lived out not in front of the whole world to see, but in silence and obscurity. A gift that God treasures so much, he offers to each and every one of us. New life, resurrection from the dead, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, is offered to you today. In grand ways, but also in the silence of your heart.